Welcome along. It's another Chalky United Yellow Army Herald Express Devon Live podcast with Guy and David. Which transfer deadline day? We should really be standing outside somebody's training ground waiting for expensive cars to go to and fro, shouldn't we? <laughs> um, doesn't quite apply in the National no. League uh, it? as it does in the uh, Premier League and Football League. Um, I think people have raised the point that if you want to try to sign a player, should United try and sign a player from the Premier League uh, after five o'clock tonight, yeah. would they be able to do it? Um, uh, I think usually uh, the way you find a way around this, these situations is that the player uh, ends his contract with the club he's at, becomes a free agent, and then you're allowed to sign him anyway. But um, no, I don't think United will be... Uh, um, uh, grappling with with, with that, that uh, the, the we did ask Gary Hours today whether, having signed, I think it's twenty players on, yeah. the vast majority of them knew um, whether he was still looking to strengthen the squad imminently, um, and the answer more or less came back no. He's trying to give these players a, a chance, and let's face it, we haven't seen all of them yet. No. Um, uh, to show what they can or yeah. uh, hopefully not can't do uh, and then decide where his, his next move is in that respect. Speaking of transfer deadline day, by the way, this is something this will make you shriek in horror, David. The, um, there's a blog running on one of the national newspaper websites today, the Guardian website. It's a very good one. Nice transfer blog. There's a lot of information on there. But the chap at lunchtime was complaining that um, he'd got absolutely drenched because when he just popped out for sushi... Really? Whatever happened to the days when football oh. reporters got by on pies and fags and, and Worthington E? Well, that's, uh, that's London for you. Sushi is what yeah. they're eating these days, yeah. David. Well, it, that's not an option for us. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. <laughs> is actually, it, Guy? No. Uh, no, whether, we'd, whether we'd go for it anyway. How far would we have to pop for sushi from here? Uh, I, I think it's Paul's place for fish and chips. <laughs> I think isn't it, it probably is. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Uh, look, uh, plenty of other fish and chip places are available, they of course. Are. Now, we've had two games. The first two games of the season since yep. we last podcasted, a nil-nil draw at Chelmsford that you yep. were at. Uh, you can tell us a little bit about what Chelmsford's ground is like in a minute as well. Yep. And then on Tuesday night, um, a one-nil win in front of a decent crowd at Playmore, good crowd at Playmore. Well, uh, speaking to the Bath people afterwards, and I understand that quite a few of the newer United players were all... Um, gobsmacked might be a, a bit strong but we're all well impressed with A, the size of the crowd and B, the atmosphere at Playmore. Yeah. Bath City certainly don't expect to play in front of a crowd or an atmosphere like that again this season. Um, uh, really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a spell, as we uh, will well remember, just after half-time when Bath, who, let's face it, have got no points at all so far, and no. yet you'd look at them and think, well, they'll be top half, surely. Well, They've they got plenty of yeah. decent players yeah. in that squad. Um, they lost at home to Dartford on Saturday and then obviously on mm. Tuesday night at Plainmore. But uh, they had a pretty good spell just after half-time. And yet the crowd, whilst they were frustrated, in what I thought was a good way, yeah. uh, um, yeah. the fans, particularly the pop side, and you have to take your hat off to them, did not uh, desert the team. They stayed mm. with them. And then when the crowd sensed, I think, it was about... 20 minutes from time something like that that the tide had just turned yeah. United had a near miss um, uh, Johnny uh, Niate had a header which I understand hit Rory Keating rather than did it? I, I thought yeah. it was a terrific goal line clearance it yeah. was a goal line clearance by Rory Keating apparently okay. yeah, yeah. Um, we, it was difficult for us to see 
Uh, Jakob Sokolik had a near miss, and then yeah. we had four talk. He had four corners in quick succession. I think the crowd then sensed that United had yeah. got through the patch, were going for victory, and of course they really got behind the team then. And then when the goal went in, what ten minutes from time, it was a, it was a proper old roar, wasn't it? And it uh, and I think everyone it, from the players and staff of both clubs were were well chuffed with um, that opening attendance. Yeah, uh, 2,151, something like that. Yeah. I think everybody had hoped for about maybe 1,800, something yeah. like that. Tuesday night. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, we all know how Playmore can get when you get a decent crowd mm -hmm. in and they're thoroughly committed. It's good. So let's look at some of the plus points from uh, the match on Tuesday night. Then, no, actually, they start start at Chelmsford, David, because yeah. I, I, I wasn't there. No, a boiling hot day. Yeah, um, uh, uh, it's it's a funny old place, uh, uh, and we shouldn't get too kind of pleased with ourselves that United are playing at playing more, which everybody mm -hmm. loves. Uh, um, you know, it just reminds you that, that the other clubs have to play in circumstances which aren't quite as good as that, and uh, it's it's a smart enough place. It's new. It's a, it's an um, athletic and it's an athletic well, it? complex. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, a, a damn great uh, hammer throwing cage that, that that is only about a couple of yards off one of the bylines behind yeah. one of the bylines. Um, they don't. Uh, they, they don't get onto the pitch, the football club, until I understand about 24, 36 hours before each game, which is yeah. problems in itself. Up in the stand, you, you struggle to see the lines, to be perfectly honest. I was going to say, somebody had said the line markings weren't um, great. But uh, I think as well that you, you could see uh, they hadn't been able to work on the pitch that much. Mm. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't an awful pitch, but it was heavy and slow. Yeah. Uh, and no water on it, effectively, although they did try to water it before. You've got an eight-lane athletics track running round the pitch. Uh, uh, I must say, they do do their best. They had four ball boys down each side of the pitch who spent their afternoon yeah. running across the athletics track yeah. to get the ball back. Um, uh, but they have a, a covered stand behind one end, which United supporters, oh, I think between three and 400, something like that, yeah. turned up, uh, took over yeah. and did their best to turn a, a non-atmosphere ground into one with a bit of atmosphere. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 well appointed enough. Yeah. But of course, it's a it's an athletic stadium, and um, we're going to see some strange places, aren't we, this season? Yeah, we're off to another. Oxford City on Tuesday yeah. night, um, and then Slough. Uh, both of them, I understand, if I'm not uh, wrong, there are all weather pitches. Yeah. Um, I think I'm right in saying that. Um, and they'll be, um, I think Oxford. They're both quite smart grounds. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, uh, you know what I think United fans will be making their own atmospheres uh, yeah. uh, as we go along so, so to Tuesday night then the 1-0 win over yeah. Barton Saturday was a, a bit of a sparring match yeah. to be perfectly honest with you uh, um, uh, United I thought were the better team in the first half very solid at the back I thought the back three were really good Sean McDonald excellent in goal um, and the longer the first half went on I thought the more likely we were going to catch them on the break uh, that didn't quite happen in the end, um, and in the second half, Chelmsford cranked it up a little bit. But I was quite impressed with the way United, very committed, organised, disciplined, got through it all. And then they nearly should have, should have, yeah. could have snatched it in stoppage time, which with, with a Kyle Cameron header, which was cleared off the line. But it was a, it was a, 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 a decent opening game between two teams who looked very determined or <laughs> intent on not losing the opening yeah. match. 
Um, Liam Davis on Tuesday night. I thought he had a great game on Tuesday. I know the uh, the sponsors picked the next player that we're going to talk about as the man of the match, but they could equally have picked Liam Davis, and they not just the goal. I thought he had a really good game on Tuesday. Um, I, Liam and I bumped into each other in Tesco's on Monday night, uh, both pushing our trolleys around, um, <laughs> and uh, we were having a chat about what Saturday had been, and yeah. um, obviously wished him all good luck the following night against Bath, uh, followed by the, by the way, you ought to get seven or eight goals this season. Yeah, <laughs> so, no pressure on him no, at all. No. Yeah. So uh, really pleased that he, uh, that he lamped one in on, yeah. on, on Tuesday night. I think... Throughout pre-season, we've been encouraged by how good he's looked. Yeah. Um, you know, let's face it, we're talking about a guy who, who was playing championship football for Yeovil Town, what mm. was it, it's five not years ago? ago? No, yeah. four or five yeah. years ago. He's got the quality. He had a miserable start to last season. Uh, I think it was October for, before he kicked a ball in anger. Um, and he's he's he used to be a left-sided midfield player, yeah. and he's now playing as a you sort of a, that, attacking yeah. left back, yeah. which is exactly the right role for him. Let's face it. Um, and he can, he can go past a player as oh, well, no, can't he? Absolutely. And um, over the years, uh, when he was sort of having his best seasons higher up in the football league, he was nearly always chipping in with four or five goals yeah. a season, and you can see why and how. Uh, and I think the combination between him. And the player you were referring to a few moments ago, Ryan Dixon, yeah. uh, who's playing left side midfield. Uh, some people thought that when Gary Hour signed Ryan Dixon, what's going on? He's a left back, isn't he? I don't think Gary Hours ever saw him as a left back. No. He's already got a left back uh, in Davis. But the combination between Dixon and Davis, uh, two very good footballers, uh, yeah. down United's left-hand side, um, meant that all their best stuff on Tuesday was yeah. coming through those two and Dixon um, had a, a really good game and, and Gary Hours in his weekly press conference who doesn't normally like to single people out or mm. talk about individuals uh, um, made an exception in that case and, and basically saying how pleased he is to have got him. Yeah, uh, he, did thought he, he did think he had lost him at one stage and he was going elsewhere yeah. but uh, Dixon came back. Obviously he lives in Plymouth, keen not to move away from yeah. the West Country and it's not just that Dixon has got the quality that he's got but you see in little incidents there's two things I, I, I that, that really tick it for me one is the number of simple balls he plays at the right time yeah and all good players do that it's not about the raking 40-yard crossfield pass or the defense splitting ball it's about the the getting your team through the game with a simple little give, yeah. it, give it get and go passes that a buy you space and time and B, give your teammates confidence. Unan O'Kane had it uh, yeah. uh, uh, well, yeah. under Martin Ling. Uh, um, used to play all sorts of little five and ten yard passes that didn't seem to have any consequence at all. But they were all about changing the angles, pulling defenders out of position. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it, it does masses of confidence for your teammates. Um, uh, and also Dixon's physical commitment he is not afraid. He gets to, stuck in, he doesn't he? He gets stuck yeah. in big time. Yeah. Uh, and when you chat to him off the pitch, you'd think, God, what a nice lad. And you know, you'd be happy for your daughter to go out with him. Not that he needs to, because he's happily married with <laughs> children. But And then you see him out on the pitch and think, oh, I'm not sure I'd want to be on the end of that. No, uh, you know, he, and and at, at, at Chelmsford, he got in two or three crucial blocks at yeah. key times. Uh, to sort problems out when United are under pressure. He'll put his foot in, he'll put his head in, very committed. And Gary Owls was saying just now that, that, that 
you see more the higher you go in football the more you see of that yeah. that, that, that I know at top level we see stars falling over when they've hardly been touched and everything but the vast majority of good players are not afraid, not afraid to get stuck mm. in and they do it on a regular basis and you can see that element in Dixon's play yeah um, no he, he was good if, if, if he carries on playing like like he did on Tuesday and and in fairness he, he played pretty well at uh, yeah. Chelmsford as well United will will be a benefit big time yeah and a couple of minus points. I mean, we've we said that um, Gary Hours will be pretty pleased with the way the season started, but he must be thinking the same as the fans are thinking. Where are the goals coming from? Because poor old Jamie Reid looked like he had the world on his shoulders, didn't he, on Tuesday night? Yeah. You know, it's it's just not quite rolling for him. It's early days yet. But um, you do wonder where the goals are coming from in this team? Uh, yes, yeah, so we're basically talking... You know, up front, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, or, or in the, the what coaches like to describe as the last third. Um, I, I think uh, the situation at the moment is Gary Owers has got twenty signed twenty players, mm. or re-signed some of them. Most of them new. Uh, and up front, Brett Williams, Jamie Reed, and Rory Keating, and of course John Paul Pittman, who's now out at Truro yeah. on loan, were all here last season. Yeah. So that's the one area of the team where he hasn't so far strengthened. Um, uh, I do think that uh, um, there are elements. We all know those players really well. They're not suddenly going to start no, doing stuff no. that we that we that we didn't expect. And just because we happen to be playing in the National League South as opposed to the National mm. League, uh, I don't think affects that. Jamie Reid has got real strengths when he's turned and and running and and you get him running towards yeah. the opposition goal with his back to goal, he's he's that's his least effective area. Yeah. Uh, um, at the moment, Brett Williams is playing as the number nine, the, the yeah. sort of target man. Did hit the woodwork on. Oh the no, that, that's right. Yeah. And and of course, Brett Williams is bigger than most people probably give him credit for. Um, uh, and actually, at the moment, he's he quite he's quite enjoying playing that role. Yeah. Uh, but again, Brett Williams is a is a finishing player, isn't he? He's yeah. a, he's a player who likes to be facing the opposition goal with the ball at his feet, and he'll stick it in the net, uh, or or with his head as well. Uh, Rury Keating, we all know what Rury's about: commitment, effort. I thought he improved things on Tuesday night when, when 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 he came on, and he was expected to play quite deep as well, wasn't he? For yeah, quite a large he's trying part. to. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and and of course the other thing with with Rury is you know uh, that first touch is everything with him, isn't it? Yeah. If he starts coming off, uh, um, the the reason why sometimes he doesn't look good is because actually he's trying so hard mm. to to hold the ball up and to find a pass. Um, that that kind of maybe there was a, there was one incident on Tuesday night where where the ball went up to him, and he he had a half decent first touch, and it was okay enough. For, I think it was Asa Hall or Sammy Anabi or somebody to run on to. Yeah. But in Rury's mind, it hadn't been quite a good enough touch, so he went and actually got the ball again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I forget what happened to it after that. Um, so it's little things like that. I think. We haven't seen Andre Wright yet, and it's worth say, stressing that. Would you expect to see something of Andre Wright on Saturday? Uh, I, w I wouldn't be at all surprised. Um, if a combination of the other three have put us three or four up, then maybe we won't. But um, uh, he, he, the line with him has been from ours that he isn't quite up to the same mm. level of fitness. Well, let's face it, if you're a professional footballer, you should get up there reasonably quick. Yeah. Um, sure enough, I'm, I'm sure he's fit enough for a... 20-minute 
uh, uh, substitute run out uh, if if we need him. I think when we remember him before from his when he was on loan here from West Brom, uh, um, he's got some real quality about him. Yeah. Um, obviously, his career hasn't exactly taken off because he ended up at Nuneaton last mm. year, but. Um, we were happy know, to have him, though, weren't we? When have, we had him on loan, yeah, he, was, he was an asset. He would have those days where uh, he looked a little bit as if nothing was quite going his way. What do I do about it? But he was 19 then, or yeah, something like yeah. that. So you know, he's a couple of years older now. Um, he's built for the job. He's got the talent. Um, uh, you know, this is a big, big move for him. He could, he could turn his career around here. You yeah. know, if if yeah. Andre Wright comes to Torquay after what's happened, you know. West Brom, Kidderminster, Nuneaton. If he comes to Torquay and gets fifteen or twenty goals next season, he's going in the other direction again, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. And and the same with with yeah. one or two others. Um, so and and I think Gary Hour's attitude at the moment is: look, there's a lot of new players coming here. We've got a twenty man squad full time in the national league. He's building a bit of team spirit. Uh, thinks there's some potential for one or two combinations to improve and maybe understanding uh, yeah. a, a little bit more. And I think the other line he, he was very firm about, I want to give the players that are here every chance to show what they can do and whether they can do the job. I think he will wait for a little while, yeah, not forever, for, for those players to prove that one way or another and then make a decision on whether they go out uh, um, United yeah. go out and sign and try and sign another one. The, the, the caveat being is that everybody's looking for <laughs> guys oh, that are yeah. going yeah. to put the ball in the back of the net on a on a regular basis. And of course, the the the, the promotion winning strikers are the hardest ones of all to yeah. find. The worrying thing as well on Tuesday night was what happened in the let's call it the third quarter of the game, the fifteen or twenty minutes time. after half time. Yeah. Bath were very much on top there. Could have scored, hit the bar themselves. Should have scored, yeah. Should, could and should have scored. Um, did Gary Hour say anything about that, that particular uh, not spell? Not specifically, no. Uh, he spoke about it on Tuesday night yeah. and said that... Uh, I mean, he it, look, everything Gary Hours has said, and I think everybody around the club has said, look, they were very quick to say, Liam Davis was very quick to say it after us, look, that wasn't good enough. Uh, no. You know, they're, they're, nobody's kidding themselves that, that we've... You know, it's all tickety boo. Um, uh, uh, that that there are there is lots to work on. Um, United aren't really clicking yet as an attacking no. force. No. I think everybody can see the work that's gone in. They are strong physically. They're disciplined. They're committed. They're fit. Yeah. Uh, and and that was enough to beat Bath so, on Tuesday. On Tuesday and they haven't, night. Let a, haven't let a goal in yet. Which and they is, haven't conceded uh, a goal, good. which is yeah. always a plus point. Um, and uh, you know, it's 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 like. You know, it's like a bit of a cliche. It's you know, you don't go to A to Z in one bound. And um, you know, I think they've gone through a few letters in the alphabet, but they're not they're not in the closing stages yet, and they know it very well. Yeah. Um, uh, United, I think, look look a little one paced in midfield at times. Mm -hmm. Now, you can always overcome that by sheer talent. Um, Alex Russell couldn't run very fast, but yeah. <laughs> you'd want him out there every day, wouldn't you? Um, but those little combinations, Sammy Nabi came in on Tuesday night and yeah. did quite well. Um, these are these are players who have barely ever met each other before, mm. you know. So I think you have to give them, um, you know, a little while to to work those combinations mm. up. I, I remember when you think back to Martin Ling's team, which reached the playoffs in League Two eventually when United hit top form and it didn't happen for quite a while in that division I remember us getting thumped 4-1 at South End and the panic panic yeah. alarm bells ringing 
I remember the uh, um, the chairman at the time, Simon Baker, turning up at the training ground and asking Martin Ling, you know, do you need to go out and get another couple after that? And Martin Ling said, no, 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 we've got enough in the camp, we'll sort it out. And eventually, those little combinations, Ling, Osler, Nicholson, uh, uh, um, O'Kane, Osler, Nicholson, yeah. um, uh, eventually those little combinations and partnerships started to pay off. Rene Howe holding the ball up front, which is what he loved to do. Uh, and gradually the football came, and yeah. then United went on a hell of a run, didn't they? They went, what, 10 or 12 games they did. unbeaten and, and eventually reached the playoffs. And, and, and so just because things haven't completely clicked in the first couple of matches, I don't think people should be panicking too much. True. There was one you spoke to Jerry Gill, the Bath manager or head coach, after the game, yeah. and he was a little bit upset at something that had happened. Well, up he'd on been the, upset uh, earlier uh, yeah. um, about uh, um, an incident, which we saw. Uh, there, there was a pretty angry verbal exchange. I, I think it was over a very nothing incident about a throw in. It was in, a throw wasn't they've it, gone the whole like, of the ball not having crossed the line, something like as that. far as anyway, I remember. Uh, uh, and there was a, there was a, a fan down in front of us. Uh, and we we heard and saw the exchange, and yeah. then all of a sudden Jerry Gill got really quite upset about the whole thing. Uh, and you know, when the game's going on and you're not 100% yes. certain what's happened, it's quite difficult to do. But I understand that it got a little bit worse than just a verbal exchange. Um, uh, I'm not going to say exactly what happened because it's allegations rather yeah, than than anything else. Exactly. But uh, it ended up with two or three supporters being taken out. Yeah, uh, and it's so uncharacteristic, particularly of the fans in that area of the stand. It was in it Bristow's is. bench. Um, it's very unusual for Claymore as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you don't get yeah. that. All right, no. people get aerated and they get they yeah. shout and ball all sorts of things. Yes, you know, and you do it. The difference at a place like Claymore uh, and Anfield. Yeah, you've got to try and find somebody in. 52,000 who's responsible yeah. for it as opposed to, you know... Uh, yeah, you find the person pretty quickly, can't That's you? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, but it was just a rather distasteful incident which uh, um, appears to have been a little bit worse than we mm. immediately thought of in the evening. But apparently two or three people were taken out and quite yeah. right too, if, if they were guilty of what uh, what we understand they were. Any repercussions at all or is that, that's, that line drawn under that now? I would have thought no. I would have thought the fans will, be, the, the people yeah. involved will be will be told not to come back. Yeah. Um, uh, I, it, it's just one of those things, you know. Uh, sometimes you have exchanges, don't you, between benches and managers yeah. and supporters, and your kind of instinct is almost out of concern for the manager to sort of go, you know, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> turn your back. Yeah. Turn your back. Turn your back. But. Uh, uh, and I just think that in this particular case, something else happened other than yeah. just a bit of verbal uh, um, uh, stick, uh, and um, and that you know you, you don't want, you don't want to see that. Indeed. Anyway, I mean, apart from anything else, the game was held up for three minutes, which was a good game at the time, and it everybody was, had to stop yeah. for three minutes while this yeah. thing was sorted out. Yeah. So. Here's an interesting question, though. In the second half, when we was looking. You know, during that third quarter, when it looked as if Torquay, you know, were struggling to get a chance, were struggling to get in, and we thought for a minute, how about bringing Andre Wright on? Yeah. How would you go about that if your other striker 
who hasn't yet been substituted. What, because uh, Keating was already is, on for Keating Reed. was already on. Yeah. And your other striker who hasn't yet been substituted is the captain on the field. Well, I think we you talked, do it. Richard and I talked last week yeah. about having a striker as a captain. It's quite unusual. We couldn't remember the last time Torquay had no, a striker and as a I, captain. No, and, and several other people came up to me on Tuesday night, good old historian friends yeah. of mine of United, and they were saying the same thing. When's the last time yeah. we had a striker as captain? Um, very good question. Uh, we were we were all struggling for a while about the last time anybody scored four goals at Plainmore, yeah. which of course Jake, Jake Robinson, Robinson did yeah. for for Bellericke last Saturday against Truro, um, uh, and uh, um, the the last person who did that, unless we've completely and unaccountably forgotten somebody, because it was Andy McFarland, and he wasn't playing yeah. for Torquay no, either. He, <laughs> he was playing for Scunthorpe yeah. when they won eight yeah. one, remember um, well. back in nineteen ninety six, but. Um, uh, no, on on the captaincy issue, I think we've all seen captains taken off and, yeah. and handing the armband over to somebody else. Not, um, uh, not that I'm suggesting no, that no, we no, would have taken Brett Williams off. I thought no. he had a good game yeah. and I think he will relish the captaincy. And he does, absolutely but, yeah. he does. Yeah. But um, you know, it's an interesting situation, isn't it? Do you, do you leave your captain on because he's the captain? Or do I you don't think you go him? down that road, do you? No. If, 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 if you're absolutely satisfied that he's not having a good enough game and you need to make a change there, yeah. I think you do it, don't you? Um, uh, let's face it, you don't very often take centre-halves off in no, a game of football no. and very often the centre half is we've all seen many United captains over the years have been central defenders um, uh, so no I, I, I think you do it apart from anything else uh, Brett Williams would be the first to, to, to say that there are plenty of other quotes captains close quotes yeah. in United's team several of them already worn the armband during pre-season so you've got Asa Hall Ryan Dixon you know etc uh, yeah. uh, etc um, to go on and tackle that job, Liam Davis, um, and uh, yeah, no problem. One more thing before we leave Tuesday's game, we put a poll in the uh, in the match report on Tuesday, just a bit of fun, just to see what people thought Torquay's prospects this season were. Now I hasten to add, I I haven't been able to work out how many people have voted in. I'm the sure it'd be an avalanche. <laughs> I'd love Go to on. think so, but percentage-wise, forty-three percent of the people voting. Um, think we're heading for the playoffs this season. They've ticked playoffs as their option. Another 25% think we're going to go up as champions. Well, let's face it, th those two options are the stated aims of everybody yeah. at the club from the owner downwards this season. Uh, United haven't conceded a goal yet. Um, uh, and Gary Hours is a manager who knows this level pretty well. He knows what works at this level. Yeah. And I think we can all see how he's gone about putting this team together so I can understand people being reasonably optimistic yeah and a, a miserable 4% say we're going to be relegated again by the way I, that's your prerogative if you're <laughs> voting in our poll you're welcome to vote any way you like but you miserable so-and-sos <laughs> you go um, what news on a number two for Gary Hours um, none yet but uh, he dropped a fairly heavy hint today uh, by saying he's not far away from making a decision and announcement on that. Uh, and he also did say that uh, he does not anticipate going outside the club for no. that person. That's interesting. And that, yeah. you know, I think without, you know, getting too rocket scientist about it, brings Sean Taylor yeah. uh, into the equation. He's been acting in 
yeah. uh, uh, that sort of unofficial capacity. He's done the first games. two games on the bench with Gary Alice, hasn't um, he? Yeah, um, he, he's uh, head of academy coaching actually at the moment. Yeah. And of course, it wouldn't be the first time he's done the job because he was Martin Ling's assistant yeah. and a, a very knowledgeable, uh, trustworthy, straight batter yeah. in every way. Hell of a player. Uh, God, didn't he do us several times for Exeter? Very certainly <laughs> did. Is, yes. Just wish he'd yeah. been playing for us. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll forgive him after all these years. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's all forgotten. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I don't think anybody would. Uh, um, begrudge him that job um, uh, and he's very well qualified for it so uh, Gary Owens didn't say that today uh, um, but you look around the other people there Dave Hedges is head of recruitment he's been helping out as well I think he's already chips in at regular intervals and uh, goes and watches a lot of games for yeah. Gary Owens and we'll touch on that point in a minute um, I, I would have thought certainly everything Gary Owens said this morning would point towards Sean yeah. Taylor, but we'll see whether um, uh, it actually happens. Okay. And as, as um, anybody who's bought a Herald Express this week will know, and obviously we hope you all have, uh, you had a chat with Clark Osborne this week yeah, about the um, stadium plans. And about quite a lot. I wonder, there was a, a he held a, in, in the wake of his announcement, the initial announcement about the new, or the, the new stadium, I mean, not that anybody was surprised at that because it's been on the agenda for quite some time. But um, he then met fans at a, at a season ticket yeah. holders and sponsors yeah. meeting um, at Playmore, and that seemed to go down quite well. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to have a chat with him in the wake of that and try and get a bit more clarification about one or two issues um, over a wide range of things, really. The ground share... Uh, uh, the whole future of Plainmore, yeah. uh, the new stadium complex, the state of Nightingale Park, which we all know is a, a, a major issue to be tackled in its own right. Well, it was landfill, wasn't it? Well, uh, it's yeah. a, you know, the words methane and yeah. uh, um, solidity come to, come to mind. Um, so uh, uh, we had a we had a, a good chat. Um, uh, um, and he threw out one or two interesting bits and pieces. Uh, uh, he did make a, a, a commitment to uh, um, at least one safe standing terrace. I think that's, the, that's a good thing, though. Isn't well, it? I, I, you know, there are lots of massive issues over the new stadium, but there are certain things that will be of huge importance to United fans yeah. over, over this new development. Nobody particularly wants to leave Plainmore. I don't, you don't, none of us do. But if that is going to be the way forward for the club, right or wrong, then you want the club to be moving into a ground that ticks as many boxes as possible. And there are two things with supporters that resonate big time. One is, how does the thing look? In other words, is it a Meccano construction? Yeah, we've which, seen plenty of those, haven't we? Uh, which, yeah. which bores everybody from the first moment you go in there. And the second thing is, in this modern day of seats everywhere, particularly in a stadium that's going to be adapted for other yeah. uh, um, um, uh, purposes, which this is, with a capacity that expands from ten to 30,000, you know, is it going to be an all-seater stadium which no talky supporter wants? And funnily enough, this is being repeated around the country yeah. now. Shrewsbury Town last Saturday opened their... That's, Saw a picture of that, yeah. That's been, yeah. that's been an all-seater stadium since they moved to the new meadow. Yeah. They've now reintroduced a, a, a section of safe standing. This is something which is hugely important to football supporters 
around this country. If you asked every single, your average Premier League fan, they'd say one of the worst things is, is that everybody is sat down and what happens? They spend the entire afternoon stood up either on or in front of seats. Yeah. And you're seriously going to tell me that that's safer than, yeah, than yeah. A, a proper standing terrace? It's rubbish. Um, but Clark Osborne made a commitment. No, there definitely will be at least one area of safe standing. Uh, and he did agree on the whole thing of making the ground look, you know, but he, he said, look, this is going to be part of the whole complex. He said, if people turn up to, to this new complex, the sports hall, the, the stadium, etc., take one look at it and go, oh dear, dear, that's a bit disappointing. Yeah. You're turning people off straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so no, uh, we'll, all, we'll have to wait till the actual plans come out. And this is going to be a long process of hopefully holding people to account on, on various promises yeah. and undertakings they've made. Um, but it was at least good to hear yeah. um, that Osborne appears to understand those concerns. And we should start to see some plans taking shape by the end of this year. I mean, we're talking about November for a planning application going in. That's the that's the date that he's set. Talking uh, to um, uh, to fan groups, public people who live around the Willows that's area happening already, as we speak. Yeah. Apparently, uh, um, those sort of consultations. Goodness, I hate that word. Um, uh, usually, when we hear the word consultation, it usually means that a decision has been made. Yeah, yes, doesn't it, just? <laughs> um, yeah. But um, that's going on. Uh, the local residents have obviously major concerns. Mm-hmm. You know, what sort of stuff's going to be happening? Um, uh, he, he needs, I think, up to now, the impression that a lot of people have got, rightly or wrongly, and maybe rightly, is that Clark Osborne and the mayor have been sort of. Uh, um, the two people who are, yeah. uh, um, uh, you know, batting for this. Um, uh, there's obviously plenty more council, Torbay councillors to be involved. Well, uh, and, uh, and all a, with different axes yeah, to grind. A year down the line, we won't have a mayor anymore because the system changes a year from now. Quite. So we have a, 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 a whole different a ball committee, game committee there. system running the council. That's right. Uh, um, you've got uh, council officials who are powerful mm. in their own right. Uh, there's a lot of people to be pulled on side, and th- that is the process which has now been kicked off yeah. uh, by the announcement a fortnight ago and by uh, the talks. And uh, in fairness to, to Osborne, uh, um, I spoke to quite a lot of fans both at Chelmsford and on Tuesday night who had been to that meeting. Yeah. Uh, and the majority of them, and I know there were, there were people who, who weren't that way, but the majority of them felt that the thing had been positive, they enjoyed speaking to him, they didn't think that he was the devil incarnate that, that some people had. But of course, it doesn't matter. Talk is, you can talk till the cows come home. Yeah. You know, people, sooner or later, solid plans have to be produced. You have to see the detail. You have you to, have see, to the see the detail. detail. And the financial detail um, um, it is absolutely crucial to this, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. On the, on the subject of the Plainmore, which, which is a hugely important issue for everybody around here and particularly for... Uh, United supporters, the supporters trust, who have kind of like become yeah. the stated sort of guardians of the future of Plainmore. Um, one of the points that Osborne was making to to me, which you can't deny, uh, is that Torbay Council own it, uh, yeah. uh, and nothing that can or will happen to Plainmore uh, will happen without the council deciding yes or no. Mm. Uh, United have a six to have another sixty four years on their lease at Plainmore. That has a value. 
uh, I, I think it's most unlikely that the council will actually do a deal where they will sell the Playmore site to Torquay United. No. That, that, that doesn't seem to tick any boxes for me uh, or for anybody else. Um, uh, it's almost impossible to build houses there anyway. Uh, you've got a covenant, you've got a school next door, Spires College, which is hemmed in for room. Yeah. Uh, the, the current mayor is very keen on selling assets. Well, however. of course. Uh, but right. if the council can derive, uh, um, uh, you know, a site which they can develop or, yeah. or, or other people can develop, uh, fine. Now, somehow, uh, um, Clark Osborne has got to squeeze as much money as he can out of Torbay Council for that 64-year lease, because yeah. uh, that has a value all of its own. Uh, if you want somebody to walk away from a 64-year lease, you're going to have to pay them, yeah. pay them some money to yeah. do it. So I think that's... A, 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 you know, a central plank of the whole thing. Uh, the other point, which, well, well, several points, but one of the points about the state of Nightingale Park, which I think we all believe yeah. is going to be the site of this complex, uh, it is an old uh, tip. Uh, there have been gas issues there, um, underground stability, etc., etc., etc. Well, Osborne, right or wrong, is saying, no, we've already got companies working yeah. on that. Uh, we're confident that all those issues can be sorted, but there have been estimates over the years that it could take a year, 18 months to get that site ready yeah. for construction and it might cost a million quid. Well, that's all got to be factored into the equation, hasn't it? And um, uh, it, it's, uh, he, he appeared very confident that those issues could and would be tackled. I, I have the feeling that the new ground will be a weekly topic of conversation on this podcast for a very long time. We'll to try come. and not not to bore people with <laughs> yeah. it, but uh, and 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 only do it when we have hopefully something new to say. There was a bit of uh, a bit of a storm on social media this week as well about, of all things, birthday greetings, which I think we can um, we can deal with. Um, some people have got the idea that it was going to cost twenty quid to have a birthday message read out um, at Plainmore. Yes. And there, there was some high dudgeon. On, I, I, I've, um, I've on had people media. approaching me about this. I, I think it came again through a social media uh, um, uh, message. Yeah. Now, my, um, my understanding is... You've done a bit of asking. A little. Um, my understanding is that for your 20 quid, if you want to do this, you can have a birthday shout out and pictures up on the big screen yep. in the corner of your beloved or your fellow fan or whoever it is that you're wishing a happy birthday to. Yeah. But I say, I, I say this is my understanding that if you do the time-honoured thing of sticking your head around the corner of the PA box and asking Brett or Dominic or whoever's in there to, can you read out a birthday at half-time for me? With a slip of paper. With a slip with of paper. Message. Yeah. I understand that the door will not be slammed in your face. No. But no. And, and uh, yes, I think if you want the full... A kind of uh, smiling face on the big screen. Yeah, uh, uh, that might cost That's you. That's what cost but, you twenty quid. But the normal, the normal. Uh, um, uh, John Bartlett on the popular side is sixty-three. Yeah. <laughs> John, well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, tonight, uh, uh, happy birthday, John. I think that would. Uh, yeah. Uh, go down. So that's that's the situation. The normal as service. We yeah. It. Now then. The, the, the come on at the top of the column with where you're reading this on Devon Live is, is Kevin Nicholson coming back to play more? It was a, a shameless trick question on my part, but is Kevin Nicholson coming back to play more? Uh, I'm not sure. 
I don't know yet, and I don't think anybody else does. I don't think Kevin Nicholson does. We um, should explain. He's he's emerged as maybe the front runner yeah. to to become the new manager of Truro City, who of course play at Playmore, uh, because Lee Hodges and Chris Todd. Actually, the timing was extraordinary. Yes, it, it was. It? They it they was. departed on Tuesday night. And they but told the players before kickoff at Western Supermare. Yeah. And the players then went out and got a, a battling one-all draw yeah. at Western Supermare with a goal from Ed Palmer. Um, uh, we, we, nobody quite knows what's gone on behind the scenes there. It is, it is a, a, um, a, a weird thing to have happened. This whole thing is peculiar, um, isn't it? But then uh, there's a sort of an air about that at the moment, isn't there? It appears to yeah. be. Uh, with Truro, the suddenness of the ground share agreement mm. that suddenly came out of the blue. Uh, uh, Clark Osborne saying this week that um, uh, Peter Masters, the, the Truro chairman, approached him about a ground share very recently. That was the phrase he used. This hadn't been hatched yeah. up months in advance, um, etc., etc. Um, Extraordinary coincidence that all the fixtures dovetailed perfectly. They did, yeah. Although when you think about it, if the football, if the National League were thinking of Christmas fixtures and local derbies, they would have to build the fixtures around that yeah. way uh, because one club was going to be at home on Boxing Day, one club on, on New Year's no, Day, etc., etc., etc. And on the whole, um, United and Truro would be... I mean, you and I both had immediately yeah. our suspicious minds clicked in about so, that It's our well. conspiracy theory, yeah, isn't quite. it? But, that, that, that if you think about it, United and Truro, even though they're 90 miles apart, are actually local rivals in the National League. Yeah. So you kind of would have have had them on on different days, even though, of course, it had absolutely no effect on the two crowds. But um, uh, no, it, it's quite what's happened there. I'm not 100% sure. Chris Todd and Lee Hodges have both given uh, quite a lot of quotes without actually yeah. <laughs> saying what it is that's gone wrong. And you probably wouldn't expect any more anyway. Uh, they both referred to um, things being built up over some time. In other words, this isn't happened. Well, no, in that case, no. you know, why didn't they go before the start of the season? Uh, but you know, you never quite know with these things, do you? The, immediately, the one person, of course, who's out of work and has been since last year is Kevin Nicholson. Do you think he'd be interested? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, but being interested and being really interested are two different things. Yeah. You know, you, he has to sit down if he is interested with Peter Masters and work out the brutal facts of the matter. How much money is has he got? Uh, yeah. What is the what does the job pay? Can he sign any players, etc., etc., etc.? At least he hasn't got a two hundred mile round trip. Well, to, um, it, not only yeah. because Truro are playing at Plainmore uh, um, every other Saturday, but the, most of their players live and work yeah. in South Devon, and they even train up here as well. So, talk about a club physically moving completely away from where they are. Um, yeah. uh, it's a very strange. Uh, uh, um, set up, and I, I think all of us have been struggling to get our heads around it. I wonder if, you know, if the management is falling apart and the ground share is going on, and the, I don't know how the fans. All power to those Truro fans who did make the trip. Well, the, get, the gate Saturday, I think the was three hundred and sixty-two for the first game against Billericay, but of those three hundred and sixty-two, I think around a hundred yeah. United season ticket supporters who were allowed in free for that game. Uh, uh, were in that crowd so you're probably looking at 250 yeah. 260 for that first match now uh, um, in a fortnight's time sorry 10 days time 
when Truro next play at home. Oh, yeah. no, it, it'll be next Tuesday night, won't it? I forgot who they're playing next Tuesday night because United are away to Oxford City and Truro yeah. will be home. Um, now, how many people are brutally going to turn up on a Tuesday night I from know. Truro? Yeah. And uh, whilst this ground share may be okay in terms of administrative and all that kind of stuff, details, you know, where are we really... <laughs> Yeah. Where is that going? See, um, our, by our the way, just to, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but in addition to Kevin Nicholson, I think it is worth uh, uh, mentioning Robbie Herrera, Yes, um, yeah. who has been desperate to get into. He's working at Plymouth Argyle at the moment uh, in their academy um, and doing a pretty good job down there. Um, I would have thought he's, he would be definitely interested after his spell as caretaker at Torquay. He, he, he badly wanted to go on and step yeah. up into senior management and I, w- I would have thought he would be interested. Uh, I think we can rule Steve Tully out. Um, He appeared to have fallen out a bit with Peter Masters anyway at the end of his previous very successful time there. Um, uh, So I think Kevin Nicholson and Robbie Herrera's names are understandably uh, uh, um, being put forward um, on that score. But I mean, can Truro sustain this through a long season? I mean, they're they're not going to be getting the revenue through the turnstiles. That's the sixty-four thousand dollar question. So, in other words, Peter Masters, the owner, is basically faced with paying, covering the losses. You know, he's got a he's got a part-time squad who players who are on X hundred pounds a week or whatever. Um, You know, if 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 the operation at Playmore, whilst it may tick administrative and Mm. league boxes. You know, sooner or later the thing has to. It can't. United have been down this road yeah, of owners to, having to cover losses yeah. and eventually going. I'm, I'm, I can't do this anymore. It has to pay. Thea Bristow yeah. did it. Yeah. Um, uh, and sooner or later, uh, the reason, let's face it, why Clark Osborne is here anyway is because you know he lent the previous regime 120,000 pounds to get them through a very mm. difficult period. They couldn't repay it. Uh, so uh, Clark Osborne effectively said, all right, well, in place of the debt, I'll take the club, and, and did. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and now has, has, has pumped an awful lot more money into the club. Uh, but, but when you, and, and that's the point that he's made, and you can't, you know, as much as we'd all love to stay at play more until you know, United are winning the Champions League, um, uh, uh, the fact is you can't have a situation, as particularly in a part of the world like this, where the future of every club or any club of any consequence relies on somebody writing a check out at the end of it yeah. each month. It just doesn't. You're asking for the thing to collapse one day, and United have been very close to it. Yeah. Um, uh, never have, thank goodness, you know, gone into administration. Um, uh, and good luck to Truro. Nobody wants to see them go under no, or anything like that. I, I but, don't um, see how they can sustain it. I just don't. Uh, don't and, see. It. And I dare say. Um, uh, you know, Lee Hodges and Chris Todd ended up mm. grappling with factors possibly linked to all of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I know they were very disappointed to have lost several of their best players uh, um, at the end of last season and through the summer. And I don't suppose they had a king's ransom to go out and replace no. them. So. No. Last word on Truro. Uh, good luck to Ben Harding, who is caretaker manager, former United down midfield there, player. Right. Yes, he's going to take charge for I the next game there. or two. Up, up there, I'm yeah, <laughs> up yeah. here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, good luck to him. Um, just a quick look ahead to the uh, the two coming games. Then Saturday, three o'clock kickoff at Playmore at home to East Thurrock. The first time the two teams have ever met. Yes, I and, and we'll probably say that several times this season. Yeah, uh, they're called Ga- the Rocks. I have no Rocks. idea why. Yeah, they're 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 just off the A13 in Essex. 
local rivals, Concord Rangers and Billericay. By the way, Billericay were held to a one-all draw yeah. by Concord Rangers at Billericay on Tuesday night. Uh, Gary Owes jumped in his car on Wednesday morning after the win over Bath uh, and drove, uh, admittedly, with Dave Hedges in the um, shotgun seat. Uh, the head of recruitment to watch Dulwich Hamlet against yeah. uh, Thurrock, East Thurrock United at Dulwich on Wednesday night. Some mileage going on there. And then it? came back yeah. and was ready for training on Thursday morning. So he's had a good look at them. Uh, said they were because they took the lead at, at Dulwich before losing two one. Um, yeah, so he should know plenty about them. Their manager is an interesting character as well, isn't he, John Coventry? Yeah, one of the the, the great. You shouldn't say old, should you? Because I'm, I'm sure he's a a man in the prime of life um, <laughs> uh, uh, worked as an oil tanker driver PE teacher before he finally sort of threw himself into um, coaching and, and management been there for ooh, 2000 and something yeah, single long, long figures time, uh, um, yeah. been there a long yeah. long time seen them come up from um, and, and led them to, to this yeah. point uh, very low uh, level hell of yeah. a character um, you know one of the great football figures of non-league he'll be worth Southeast watching football. in the dugout won't he yeah Saturday. well apparently yeah. he's a very you know restrained and sensible bloke yeah. yeah so he doesn't get too I think he's seen enough in life not to uh, throw his toys out yeah. of the pram too much and Paul Koncheski restrained and sensible all throughout his career but he's he's playing for East Thurrock he's now, playing he? for East Thurrock Bill Ricky last year and he's made the yeah. comparatively short move uh, um, uh, across Essex to play for them isn't it great though to see for whatever reason they're doing it players who have played at the highest level in the Premiership ending or ending that sounds a bit ominous but later in their careers playing down the level and down to National League South every now and again you get them don't yeah. you and, and, it's, and it's good to see uh, they, they, they clearly have known slightly better days but never mind uh, let's um, hope he knows his teammates a bit better than Grant Holt did when well, he turned Grant out for Holt from, turned out for Barrow when he shouted, year, uh, shouted for the ball to Oi number 8 yeah. or something like that <laughs> so, uh, and uh, Oxford City on Tuesday night away yeah Joe uh, Osler. Joe Osler is playing for Oxford City, uh, yeah. who many United fans will remember fondly. Um, and I'm 99% certain that's an all-weather pitch at, uh, yeah. at Oxford City next Tuesday night. So um, Interesting game. It's not a marathon to Oxford, is no, it? A few no. United fans might... Uh, well, I'm sure there will be a few. There always are. But uh, it'd be good to mm. uh, see a few up there. These are interesting games. I know this isn't the league we ever wanted to be in. No. Nope. But these are interesting games. The teams we've not played before. Places we've not been characters we've not run into before so, well I think uh, to sign off one of the pluses of Tuesday night was it it almost felt like an old football league game we were playing Bath it was a proper crowd certainly a national league certainly national league it didn't feel like a national league south no a, a, a game two decent teams Bath more than played their part great atmosphere 2000 plus crowd in all right, we know it's not going to be like that every week, especially away from home, but um, it kind of like lifted everybody, I think, didn't it? That, that, hang on, you know, (laughs) God is in his heaven and football is happening at Playmore as usual. And by the way, it's quite noisy. (laughs) There we go. On that celestial note, we'd better leave it. This is our longest ever podcast. If you've stuck, yes, it is. If you've stuck with us this long, uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for joining us. This has been Guy and Dave on the Herald Express Devon Live Talking United Yellow Army podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Saturday at Playmore. And as ever, Come on, you yellows. yellows.